Welcome to the Creators Take Podcast with Savannah and Michelle, a podcast where two girl boss creatives come together to bring you a little insight into what it's like to be a business professional in the creative space. Well, hello everyone, Savannah and Michelle here. Thank you so much for joining us for episode three of the Creators Take Podcast. In our last podcast episode, we discussed the nuts and bolts of experiential marketing. What is it? Its impact on branding, marketing, and sales for many brands and businesses. As a professional event planner, we have executed several events over the years. And of course, Michelle, a marketing and PR badass, I mean, aficionado, (laughs) (laughs) who has pulled off a few small but impactful mini events herself for clients, uh, most of them within the scope of bigger events. So with all this experience, we would be remiss to not include our mistakes and lessons learned when trying to pull off a spectacular event for our clients. Michelle, what lessons have you learned? So I'll just jump right in. Lesson number one, when trying to execute a buzzworthy, Instagram receipts worthy, memorable experience for our client, our lesson is, drum roll please, research the logistics. One of our long-term clients over the years has our own women's conference in the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. I was charged with making the entrance for the attendees pop. Very memorable while capturing sound bites in front of a step and repeat banner to use in future marketing efforts. Seems simple, right? Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, iPad for filming and carry-on bag? Check. Step and repeat banner ordered and in place the night before the conference? check Mm -hmm. tripod for capturing short interviews in the lobby with keynote speakers and guests got it in my louis vuitton custom design large-scale social media booth board for attendees to snap fun pics in front of the banner well i hit a major snag Uh uh-oh so i flew united airlines for the first time usually i fly like southwest or american Mm -hmm. and i was unaware of their policies for carry-ons even though my hubby insisted They're not going to allow you to take that on board. (laughs) I brought it to the airport anyhow, optimistic. Flight attendants quickly shot me down and relegated me to going to the on-site UPS freight desk at the airport to help. Oh, gosh. So you may have guessed the rest. It was insanely, and when I say insanely, expensive to try to ship the poster overnight. Uh, I can't imagine. So I had to leave it at the airport and disappoint my client. Mm. And... Eat the cost of creating the poster in the first doggone place. Mm. Although she took it in stride, it was a lesson learned. So make sure you call and confirm logistics with your airline prior to your trip if the event is out of town. Ship anything well in advance so it will be waiting for you at the venue. That is such a great point, Michelle. Um, I myself have had some air fright, I wouldn't say mishaps, but challenges um, it, they are very demanding. They have specific requirements as far as size, dimensions, weight, um, what's in it. And, you know, God forbid it'd be something that is a liquid or <laughs> a questionable item that they scan. So definitely great advice in double checking your air freight requirements. Well, speaking of that, now, Savannah, tell the audience about any snafus you encountered while executing an event for a client. Oh, gosh, where do I begin? (laughs) Well, as an event planner, especially when you start out as an event planner, you definitely make your fair share of mistakes and learn lessons along the way. 
one key factor that I'd like to point out is time. Give yourself more than enough time. In fact, if you think you need eight hours to prepare, plan, and execute an event, double that. (laughs) If your event starts at seven, you want to be ready at 5.30 or six o'clock at minimum an hour before that start time, before those doors are open. Because you never know what is going to happen within that time of preparation. Anything could go wrong. Some things may be in your control and some things may not be in your control. And that's why providing more than enough time is key to hosting a successful event. Now, as far as some very specific moments, (laughs) I learned very quickly that balloons don't do well in hot outdoor areas. That Texas heat, right? Oh, gosh, you wouldn't believe it. And just for those who don't live in Texas... It's about 90 plus degrees, let's say about 75% of the year. (laughs) So we had a outdoor celebration at a personal residence and the host decided to use their pool as part of the decor. So I had the great idea of placing balloons out along the pool and kind of giving a floating balloon type of ambiance, something that's really fun. You see it in Instagram pictures and on Pinterest, but a lot of times people don't factor in the temperature. It was 98 degrees, but the felt like temperature was 106 degrees that day. And what was the humidity? I'm sure it was like made it over 100. Let's just say, even though the host was adamant about knowing going inside their home about halfway through, despite all of the fans and misters that we had present for the guests, they just couldn't handle it. We ended up going inside the home. There was no backing out after that decision. But needless to say, about five minutes into the event starting, probably about 25% of the balloons had popped. Oh my goodness. Yes, and they continued to pop. I felt so bad for the clients they were looking forward to that feature to take pictures in front of it we even had a balloon backdrop on the patio that was popping every 10 seconds needless to say that was definitely a failed venture on my part and it was something that I had advised so it did not look too great on me for lack of better words (laughs) so lesson learned if you're gonna use balloons at an outdoor event in Texas do it at night do it at night in Texas heat Yes. (laughs) Or just wait till the winter. (laughs) Uh, A final specific moment I had, we were working in a very, very old historic building. And we were warned that the paint was fairly old. Although they do paint it regularly um, indoors, this situation, they just happened to have old paint at the time. So they warned us, be careful with our walls. Okay. Well, I brought a vendor in and we decided to do another balloon arrangement and backdrop. In this case, we uh, used glue dots, but silly me didn't realize that I was using industrial grade glue dots. Glue dots are those little sticky, they're kind of gummy, um, but these little sticky circles that you can use usually to adhere photos to a backdrop or something. And I had the not so wise decision of using that on the balloons to adhere to the walls. Long story short, at the end of the day, we pulled some fine chunks of paint off of those walls. Oh no. Yes. Yes. Oh, I felt so horrible. And although the event staff didn't immediately notice, given- Was the client upset? 
the client wasn't upset. The client had noticed. By the end of the night, the client was happy, excited, and ready to go. But it was the venue I was concerned about. And given the fact that I like to uphold my integrity as a person and within my business, I decided to do the right thing and notify the venue. And they were actually surprisingly pretty cool about it. They said, you know, they laughed about it themselves and said, you know what? We really need to repaint these walls. This just gives us a better excuse to do so. (laughs) So everything worked out in the end. But please never use glue dots on walls. It just doesn't work out. Use painter's tape instead. It easily adheres to to the surfaces without scraping or removing paint or messing them up once you remove the tape at the end of the evening. Yep, won't strip the paint at all. Okay, so I have another one. So back to the Power Up Women's Conference, my client's conference in the DMV. Even though this was not my event, but her event, I have another lesson learned to share on her behalf. So my client learned the hard way about sustaining her vision. Make sure you know your value by charging enough that it will sustain the actual event, at least for the following year or years to come. For several years, the cost was so low for guests to attend that she basically was in the red and could not afford to cover incidental costs that she did not expect to incur. So she had to make a decision immediately following each conference, should I do this again next year? Oh, wow. So as Jacqueline said in Work Party, um, for many of our new listeners, I've referenced this book a lot. Um, She basically said, quote, how do you determine ticket pricing or set a value on an experience? for your guests, which is something so important that you need to master as a creative. Absolutely. What's the ROI of something that will last you for a lifetime? So she's the founder of the Create and Cultivate Conference, and she charges $350 for her conference attendees. But she says that some people think it's a lot of money, and she also comes back with, well, we consider the value we provide. Mm -hmm. So with that said, for my client to sustain her conference, I've always maintained that sponsors are the answer that she's looking for and that it is a necessity to not be in the black no matter what she chooses to charge. I 100% agree with that. I actually have a a couple of coach clients that one priority they have learned over the years in hosting their events is to not back down on their price for their conferences. They hold that to a certain standard because the moment you back down on price, at least in in regards to coaching conferences, the moment you back down price is the moment you tell your audience you're not worth that original price. It's the moment you begin to provide doubt within your audience. So I think that's a great advice. I actually have another moment as well. Now that we're talking more in regards to the experience versus the details, promotion of your event, even most recently I've had the pleasure to bring on new clients that those clients, for them, it's their first event. And we offer event planning and promotion services within my firm. Now that said, my clients do not always take both options. They may choose one or the other. So of late, a lot of my newer clients with their new events, first time events, have chosen to take on the task of marketing and promoting their event on their own. Oh, wow. <laughs> Why didn't they call me? Right? <laughs> exactly. And I, and, you know, and I, everyone thinks they can do marketing, right? Everyone thinks they can do marketing. Everyone thinks, let me just blast this on a few social posts, maybe a newsletter and a couple of texts. 
and we're good. We'll get 100 people. We'll get 1,000 people. We'll get even 25 people. But the reality is it's so much more than that. Absolutely. And that's why I I wouldn't be in business. Right? (laughs) That's why I love to bring in strategic partners like Michelle and others to help my clients promote their events. Even if it isn't Go Savvy, I always keep contacts like Michelle on hand the very first moment I see my clients struggle or stress over not getting the ideal headcount that they want. Even most recently, I had to bring in a street team for a client event of mine that is coming up very soon because the client, the headcount is just not there. And he wants further, although he's doing great with promoting on social media and personal exchange, he doesn't even host events. This is his very first mega event that he is hosting. He's actually, his profession is completely different and he's not even working right now. His entire focus is on the event because he's trying to get people to come to his event. So I connected him with a street team friend of mine. They're going to go pass out flyers, go to specific places um, in order to hopefully gain more attendees for this event. But it's very last minute. What happens last minute? You incur last minute charges. Now, this is good because a lot of people don't really contemplate and really think through and analyze all of the back work that goes into making sure that you get, excuse my language, but in seats. I mean, that's that's what it boils down to, that people are not necessarily going to remember. You have to remind people to come. Yes. You have to like it. it it's all about being um, top of mind and staying top of mind because there's so much noise out there. And so much competition. So much competition. And when you're in a city like we are, Houston, there's an event going on every single day. When you try to host events during the holiday season, you want to quadruple that. There's always other event competition going on. Your attendees that you have in mind, there are other things that they're looking at. And they're constantly having promotions being thrown at them every second they pull up that social media app. Every second they look on the news or even check out Eventbrite. There's always something to do in Houston. Always. <laughs> so lesson learned, be prepared to market your event. And if you aren't prepared to spend many man hours on that, be prepared to invest in someone who can help you market your event. Absolutely. And that brings up another point um, when you talk about investment. So Jacqueline actually mentions that in the book as well. So again, we're talking about her Create and Cultivate Conference. The big one was, I think her first big one was in October 2015. And so even though she had learned from some mistakes building up to that point, she had never thrown an event as large as the one that she had thrown in 2015 in Chicago. So she didn't hire a temporary staff. And she was saying that she was literally running laps for 48 hours and hadn't slept in days. So what it boils down to is invest in help, no matter the cost. If you want to execute um, an event or you want people to pay for an experience, you want to be able to deliver on that promise. So to execute successful events, you have to be big picture oriented at the start, but then also get into the mire of the tiny details towards the end. Exactly. So in the process of getting to this huge conference that she created, um, she had lots of flubs along the way. For instance, she created a um, custom wall decal and the printer actually sent her the wrong one that says cultivate and create. And so she said she was literally sitting with her head in her hands for hours staring at the wall decal after the printer made a mistake. So wait, just to be clear, what was it supposed to say? 
create, cultivate. Ah. So mistakes happen, especially by print companies doing rush jobs. So you want to build in that time for planning. And she also talks about her signature Instagrammable donut wall backdrop. She said she was one of the first to do that. And she said she didn't um, anticipate all of the heat in Chicago. Uh. And it literally melted <laughs> behind the guests. And so, of course, that ruined it. And it ruined the moment of guests to be able to take these hashtag Instagram moments and really build uh. buzz for the conference. And of course, she had other things that were aspects of the conference. But these are things that she's pointing out in terms of planning that she didn't anticipate. But, of course, people... Um, no matter what the um, scale of the event, everyone makes mistakes. I just have this vision of really sad and unfortunate glazed and iced donuts that are dripping <laughs> <laughs> on a wall. Poor donuts. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah, but you get the picture. That That's another lesson. You want to plan ahead and always have a backup plan. It's so hard to live up to everyone's expectations. So just... Be mindful that when people pay for an experience, they have really high standards that you have to deliver on. Absolutely. And one thing to note also, if you do make a mistake during the event, keep going, keep going. There's no time. If you need to take a quick second to recompose yourself and reorganize the situation, okay. But do your best to just keep going because having a pity party about it or freaking out does no one good and it solves no problems. Work on being a solution-oriented person whenever those situation happens. And just know that that's a lesson learned so that the next time you host that type of event, you'll be able to pull it off in perfection. And I mean, you, you really touched on something very important, Savannah. So we're both creatives. We love to create things. We love to, to basically create magic. However, you have to have a certain level of business acumen and savvy in order to execute these type of things. And I, I think that that's the missing component. I think a lot of people look at you can be one or the other, mm -hmm. right? So with my educational background, that was one of the things that really helped to prepare me to own my own business, even though I have this creative side. I have this analytical side that can look at these different aspects and try to logically put all the pieces together. Exactly. And when I reflect on myself and the qualities that I have, a lot of it is through experience, but I continue to make mistakes even to this day. I'm just grateful they get smaller and smaller. <laughs> yes. Um, but I am very much what you would call a type A person. I'm very specific, driven, and I follow a schedule. I follow a path. I try not to derail from that path. I also make it a point to surround myself with certain people who have qualities that I don't have in order to help me achieve the bigger picture. And that's what helped create a successful experiential event, having the right types of people to help you execute. You're so right. And, and just think in terms of being professional. I think that's the missing component that a lot of people don't think about. And they, I think some creatives often look at professional as a dirty word. If you're working on behalf of a client, you want, you mentioned being a type A. It's not necessarily about perfection in execution of details. Mm -hmm. However, you want to meet your client's standard. Mm -hmm. You want to be professional because, as you mentioned before, it's about a branded experiential event. Mm -hmm. 
So your brand or the client's brand is attached to that. Therefore, the image of the client's brand is out there. So you want to maintain a certain standard to reflect that. If you give an or if you provide an event or execute an event that is not up to standard, then that will forever be um, etched in the memory of your audience. And you don't want that. And that's just meeting your client's standard. We're not even talking about the topic of going above and beyond in excelling beyond your client's standard, which we will cover in a future episode. Yes. Yes, indeed. We need to do that because, again, you know, it's it's great being a creative. But if you want to monetize being a creative, you definitely want to have quality work, quality mm-hmm. experiences, mm-hmm. and you want to deliver on expectations. And I think that people are really missing that these days, that it's, you know, you, you can't just perform at a minimum and expect that people will pay, you know, for subpar quality. I don't mean to preach, but it's just <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to be on a soapbox, but it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. So um, I will also just tell you about my background. I also am a adjunct professor and I see it with some of my students all the time that they really just don't get it, that there's a certain level of the way that you present yourself professionally your quality of work the way that you um use just your image in the way that your work product um is displayed Mm -hmm. and again I hate to keep bringing up work party and Jacqueline Johnson but she talks about that your (laughs) reputation is everything so if you have a excuse my language a shoddy event people are going to remember that and your brand is going to be attached to that it's an indelible imprint in their brains forever Mm mm-hmm Well, I don't think I could cap off this episode any better than what you just said, Michelle. um, It's been an absolute pleasure talking about all of our flubs, mishaps, mistakes, and, and so on. So stay tuned and we will chat with you guys next time. For now, this is Savannah with Go Savvy Event Planning and Promotions. And Michelle with Urban Media Group of Texas. Signing off. You guys have a wonderful day. 